Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 45. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money Minute. This is a shorter daily podcast that we host, and uh, it talks about similar topics that we talk about here on this show, how to get ahead with your money, how to improve, but they're very short, normally one to three minutes or, or so. So if you're interested in another finance podcast on a daily basis to encourage you to constantly improve with your finances, check that out. Just type in Mapped Out Money Minute into your favorite podcast player, and it should pop right up. So today, clearly, we're talking about my area of expertise. You know what that is? It's your favorite topic. YNAB reports. Not just YNAB, but Budgeting reports. reports. The data, the numbers. Yeah. I specialize. The ends and the the outs. No, so seriously, if you use a budgeting tool, we use YNAB, as you probably know, but if you use a budgeting tool, there's lots of them out there, lots of good ones, then you probably have some really good data on your spending and how you spend your money and where it goes, my guess is that you probably don't look at it very often if you're like most people. It's like the data you get from a Fitbit. It's (laughs) It's, just there. It's there. Mm, Do you use it? Even if you look at it, do you know what to do with it? And I would argue that if you're not regularly looking at your reports, you're really missing out on a huge opportunity to find ways to save money and uh, hit your goals and really use that money in a better way to do more of the things that you care about. Yeah, all joking aside, like legit looking at our reports has helped us significantly. Yeah. And I think it helps both of us be on the same page with things too. Yep. Um, so even just, you know, looking at areas and going like, ooh, this thing that we like like to do in the moment, that's actually more money going towards that than like either one of us wants. Yeah. So when this comes up in the future, it's not one of us like parenting the other, like, no, we don't need to go do this thing. Like we've both looked at it and we both agree. Yeah. We don't want to spend that much. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. It's funny. Like when I'm first um, starting to work with somebody, what we do, one of the first steps we do is we assign goals to all their different categories. So how much do you want to spend in groceries and eating out and clothes and all these different things? And most of the time they have no clue. Like they have no concept for, how much they should be doing, how much they currently do, how much they want to do. And one of the questions I ask starting out is I'll just say, okay, well, let's take eating out, for example. How much money per month would you feel like, oh my gosh, that is way too much? Like, like throw out a really high number that just feels like that's absurd. I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed if it's that high. And then come down from that a little bit. Let's start there. <laughs> like, because most of the time you're spending in some of these areas is going to be higher than it's you think. It's way higher than you think. And so let's just start at your embarrassing number and uh, work our way down. Yeah, I can see where that's been true for us. For oh, sure. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Whereas, you know, with this little dog sitting over here snoozing, I don't think we have an embarrassing number. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She can get us in trouble with that. She's a money pit. So anyways, we are we are talking about reports. Um, if you don't currently budget or have reports, you can do what we're going to be talking about today with your bank statements. It'll be a little bit more difficult because it is helpful to have a tool that can aggregate things and spit out some pretty pie charts and things of that nature. But you could totally do this with your bank statements. And maybe this episode might encourage you to 
get a tracking tool at the very least, hook it up to your bank accounts and let it aggregate your data so that you can get some nice spending reports and be able to better walk through some of the exercises that we'll talk about. Okay, so with all that being said, um, are we ready to jump into kind of what our process looks like for using these reports? So yeah, we've got a three-step process. The first step, probably the most important, something we've talked about a lot on the show, which is to have a vision or a big picture vision of what you actually want your life to look like. Hannah and I keep this on a Google Doc that I have bookmarked, and it's in a shared folder. And the, the idea is that you should have a basic bullet point list of some things that you'd like to accomplish in the next year, three years, five years, 10 years. This list doesn't have to be hyper-specific. It doesn't have to have crazy goals on it. It doesn't have to be a detailed step-by-step process of your life that you have planned out to the very minute. That's not the goal at all. The goal is just to have some big bullet points in a couple of key categories like life, general stuff, family, and then finances and your career. Just a few bullet points under each one of those topics for some basic things that you would like to have accomplished. And it can be very simple, but it's a Google Doc or some sort of doc that you can access regularly and keep it top of mind and go back to and say, oh yeah, this is kind of the direction that we said is important to us that we want to be headed down. Yeah, I think this is like overall the most helpful piece of all of this because it does help you look at all of these things that you that come up in life, that promotion that you get offered or that totally different job that you get offered that's a move across the country or whatever. You can kind of come back to this vision and filter all of those things through this. Like, well, does moving across the country line up with what we've kind of set our goals are and all these other things? I I don't know. I just think that's really helpful because I think otherwise we can just kind of get swept swept through life with the tides. Yeah. 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 Well, and this is the step that most people skip. And it's probably the most counterintuitive because we just spent the intro of the podcast talking about how today we're talking about analyzing your reports. Step number one has nothing to do with your reports at all. Step number one is what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. Right? What matters to you? So for us, the things that we have on this list under sort of life categories, if you will, would just be some places we'd like to travel, general hobbies we would like to try, what we're doing in our day-to-day life, and uh, what we're doing to take care of our health. So some key bullet points there. It's not a lot. Uh, For us, that's going to be things like our Airstream travels, things like the fact that at some point I want to try Brazilian jiu-jitsu, take that up as a hobby. Someday we really are going to buy those kayaks. Someday we really are going to buy those (laughs) kayaks we talk about. Um, And then our daily routines and sort of habits, right? What we want to be doing on a daily basis. And we have these listed out for January 2021, which is obviously behind us, January 2024, and January 2030. And I will say, as you get further out, it gets more and more vague, right? Like we don't have nearly as many bullet points under 2030 as we do 2024, because that's really far away. We have some general ideas and general guidelines like, hey, we want to be eating healthy. We want to be working out regularly. Um, we want to take at least one trip a year in the RV. That's about it for the life category for 2030. Yeah, I think it can be really intimidating to try to think that far out, but it is just important to remember, like, this is just very general guidelines. Big picture, stuff that you want to do to minimize regret. 
the next category on the the vision piece is your family. Right? What do you want your family to look like in the next one, three, five, ten years? For us, this is obviously like, what do we want to do about kids? Do we want to adopt? What are we doing there? What's the tentative timeline? But it also is more than that is how often do we want to travel to see family? How often do we want to travel to see our nephews? How big a role are grandparents playing in our life, right? Are we going to see them once a week, once a month, every other month, once a year? Like what's what are we doing? What's our rhythm of life look like with our family? Yeah, and along with that is like our finances and what do we want those to look like and our careers and what type of flexibility do we want within our careers? How much money do we need to be making? What do we want our debt situation to be like? And what do we want our wealth situation to be like? Uh, no debt. All the wealth. <laughs> All the Duh. wealth. No the debt. No, but uh, like on a serious note, it's it's stuff, you know, for us, it's like, okay, and by 2024, we'd love to have a couple of rental properties. By 2030, we'd love to maybe have a beach rental or at least be planning for one, you know, that's like down the road at some point, something that we dream about and would love to have. We want to be obviously investing regularly and, you know, we want to be not working a bajillion hours a week. More <laughs> normal hours would be good. So that's it. I mean, literally just looking up at our vision here, we've got, I don't know, 10, 12 bullets for 2021, maybe 15 bullets for 2024, and then maybe seven or eight bullets for 2030. So it's it's very um, simple. It doesn't have to be this thing that you spend two days on. Yeah. So don't be overwhelmed if this feels like, man, I've never sat down and made a life vision before. Where do I even start? Start by asking, what do you want your life to look like day to day, month to month? What do you want your family to look like? And what do you want your finances and career to look like? Answer those couple of questions, put a few bullet points out, and uh, then you can go on to the next step. Do you have any advice to throw in here? Like if somebody's in a particularly difficult spot or feeling almost just like so down on their current situation that they don't even want to think about this because it's kind of depressing in a way to like see that gap? That's a good question. And that's a question that comes up actually a lot. And I think I have two two key things I would say to, to that person. First and foremost, recognizing that there are times in our life where there are seasons of you just kind of have to put your head down and push through it. And actually, it probably isn't the best advice to try and dream big for 10 years out from now, because that can feel depressing and overwhelming and then put you in a worse mindset and actually hold you back from just performing in the moment to push through, right? So I think that there are times in your life like that. I would say that that is somewhat what we've gone through at a couple of different occasions, one certainly with when you were in grad school and when I was working and in school and then, you know, a couple, maybe a couple other small times, but, but the well, idea, go ahead. To be perfectly honest, that's what we've gone through with the house. I mean, we were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Um, our house, we have a ton of projects, which we, we knew that coming into it. Um, but there's a huge gap between like what our current house situation is and like what we want it to be. Yeah. And so if we start thinking too long term, 
it can get very discouraging. It feels like that's never going to happen. Because you're like, oh my gosh, we are never going to get all this done. And it's like, even though you know that's not true, like we'll get a few years down the road and somehow we will have like made a ton of progress. But if you start analyzing it too much, you just get like so bogged down and and discouraged. And so you kind of do have to to go, okay, we have this like big vision, but in order to keep myself from just feeling like, oh, so bad, I need to like just narrow in my focus on what do I need to work on today yep. and this week to make progress and uh, and not think so much about that bigger vision. Well, and that actually perfectly leads into the second step. And that was what I was going to say to the second part of your, your question or the, the second thing I was going to suggest for your question is, okay, maybe don't spend a ton of time in the first phase. Like if you're not in the right mental headspace right now because you've got a lot going on, you're under a, a heavy, heavy, heavy load – don't worry about the future that much. Like we know the future is you want it to be not the same situation you're in now. Great. That's good enough. Let's move on to step number two. And step number two is to hyper-focus on the here and now. You and I have historically set goals in shorter time spans, right? Um, we've talked about this. I, I read a book, gosh, probably three years ago now called The 12-Week Year that really influenced my thinking here around how setting annual goals is actually not very helpful because humans pretty much suck at estimating that far out. We tend to underestimate how much we can achieve in a year. We tend to overestimate how much we can achieve in a day. And so the authors of the book found that 12 weeks is a good time frame for people to set more accurate goals. We can uh, dial them in a little bit better. So step number two is, great, we have some sort of vague, big vision for where we're going. What's a goal that you can set for the next three months that will help move you in the right direction towards that vision? Maybe it's hyper-focused on one specific credit card that you're going to pay down. Maybe it's hyper-focused on actually just building a quick $1,000 emergency fund. Maybe it's hyper-focused on increasing your savings rate. You're totally right that the, the best thing to do is to put your head down a little bit, hyper-focus for three months at a time, and say, okay, what's what's a reasonable, specific goal that we can set and hyper-focus on for the next three months that if we achieve at the end of, we will be closer to that long-term vision that we set? Yeah, so at different points, we've had different ones of these, like whether it was to get me through grad school or save up for our Airstream or pay off the Airstream um, or saving up for our down payment. Yeah, they change over time. Yeah. And that, that's kind of the point is that this this process is designed to be repeated on a regular basis. Yeah. So that's why we set those three-month goals. So for us, you're exactly right. We've had a bunch of different goals over time. Sometimes, though, we might have two periods, two back-to-back three-month periods where the goal is the same. Yeah, sometimes that does happen. Like we'll we'll do our little planning thing and it'll go pretty quick because we're like, yep. you know, we're really kind of still working towards the same things right now. Yep, yep. And that, I mean, obviously when we were like paying down the Airstream, that that was the goal <laughs> for a while. Still paying down the Airstream. Yeah, that was the goal for a while. But the nice thing about the three-month timeline is it gives yourself a built-in time to pause, reassess, reevaluate, and ask, okay, like does the vision still hold true? And does this goal still make sense for driving us in that direction or should we focus on something else? And again, we're in two steps out of three and we've yet to talk about your reports from the budget. (laughs) (laughs) This part cannot be overstated with how important it is. But 
now we're finally ready to get to the reports. We are. We are. That's that's step three. The The reason that we start with the first two is because we have to remember we don't track and budget for fun. Now, maybe I do because I like it. It's fun. Yeah, Nick kind of does. But I do not. <laughs> that's not why we do it, and that's not why we encourage you to do it. The reason we do it is because we want to make sure that we're actually spending our money on the things that matter the most to us. And we don't know what matters the most to us unless we take the time to sit down and create a vision and set goals and say what matters the most to us. And sometimes you get it wrong, what matters the most to you. And I think that's the other like kind of secret power of the, the reports is that gut reaction that you feel when you look through them and go like, oh my gosh, I spent that much on eating out or going to Target or whatever, you know, your your big category is. Um, and if you're having that reaction, then that's probably not what's most important to you. Yeah. You would probably rather that money be going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, like whenever I hear someone say like, oh, I don't want to look at the way I spend my money because then I'm going to have a gut reaction. It's like, well, isn't that a sign? Like, mm-hmm. if you uh, don't want to look at the way you're spending your money, isn't that a sign that you're probably not spending the money in the way that aligns best with your values? You know, like, we put up our reports, and I'll just say this right now. So we put up our reports. Let me dive in here real quick. And we have spent, in three months, first three months of this year, we've spent $2,054.11 on pets. <laughs> Right, because we had a we had a really rough start to the year. Right, we lost O'Malley, we added Elon Meowsk. Um, Elon added himself. Elon added deal. himself, and then we just spent four hundred dollars yesterday taking three of our pets for their annual checkups and rabies and Bordetella and all that stuff, and then normal just dog food, cat food, whatever. Right, yeah. so we spent two grand in three months. Well, Kronk had his little Yeah, Kronk had his spat, thingy. so he had to go to the yeah. vet. Yeah, so, you know, we just had a, we did some really, whatever months. I got I no problem looking at the reports, though, because we've set that out as what matters to us, and we know that there's ups and downs, and we're not surprised by any of these expenses. They all happen to come, unfortunately, right around the same time, but... We're not surprised by him. Yeah. And we plan for it and we know it. And we always know that it's a possibility for them all to hit at the same time like that. Yes. So if you're feeling, ooh, I don't want to go look at that, that's an indication that like, hey, maybe you're not spending your money on what matters most to you. And we're not saying that you should cut back and not have fun and hate your life and never spend money. We're saying, hey, let's spend money on what matters. So all that to say, step number three is to actually go pull up your budget reports. If you use YNAB, um, the tool that we use, you need a budget. There's one specific report that is my favorite called the Trends Report. It basically just shows you a bar chart over time. You could build this in any Excel. Tiller would give this to you. Every dollar would give this to you. A lot of tools will do this. But the basic idea is it just gives you a bar chart that shows your spending each and every month. And you can watch that change over time. And what we like to do is click into it and just ask one simple question. Are we happy with this? And is this helping us achieve that vision that we set out? That's two simple questions. Or is it not? I put a comma in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a compound sentence. Well, that's not so simple, Nick. Well, the bottom line is you just want to make sure that your spending is actually aligning with your values. So we do the first two steps. What's our vision? What's our goal? And then we look at the reports and we say, okay, great. Is our spending helping us do that or not? Yeah, we literally just had this happen looking at our reports. Yeah, in preparation for this episode. Yeah. Um, So typically, we have not gone out to eat that much. 
and it hasn't been hard to not even, go out to eat even that much. when we were traveling. We didn't go out to eat that we much. We didn't go out to eat that much. Mm-mm, we really didn't. But where we live now, there are so many good There's restaurants. There's so many good restaurants and good coffee shops. And we live within walking distance of them and all. And they do all these really good specials. So it's like, I mean, we might as well go. Yeah, gotta get the $2 tacos. Yeah. Um, but the problem is they have $2 tacos three nights a week. And... <laughs> <laughs> And if they don't have $2 tacos, there's another place down the street that's got some other special. Oh my gosh, I know. It's terrible. So we have spent more eating out than ever, really. Like, what was our total? Like 400 a month? Yeah, we were doing like 400 a month. Yeah, so we were just looking at that, and that's not where we want our money going right now. And if you're spending 400, if you're spending 800 a month on eating out, again, like, great, if that's what you want to be doing with your money. But right now, we're so focused in on our house, or at least we want to be. Um, so we really want to get that eating out dialed dialed yeah, back like a little to, bit. To back that up. And be putting that money towards the house, because we really do want to focus in on like our renovation projects and uh, make some headway there. The, the cool thing, too, about this conversation is that it should not be a conversation. So when you're looking at your reports and you're asking that question of, okay, is this helping us achieve the vision? Is it not? It doesn't have to always be an either or. Like we didn't necessarily look at this and say, all right, that's it. We're cutting eating out. No more eating out. Yeah. What we're trying to do then is say, okay, well, is there a way that we can get some of what we're looking for when we go out to eat by spending less money? So we've talked about this a little bit before about, you know, going out to get coffee instead of going out to eat. And uh, we do still do some of that. But a lot of times the coffee shops like close earlier um, and we'll be wanting to go out for dinner or something like that. So the other thing that we were just talking about earlier today was we, <laughs> we've we gotten to know the restaurants around us pretty well. And uh, there are definitely some meals that we both really enjoy that we get totally split yeah. and have Well, because we almost enough. always bring home leftovers. Yes. And so instead of optimizing for leftovers, oh, leftovers we could just share and then that gives us another time that we could go out basically Mm -hmm. so it it cuts the price significantly yeah so we we've talked about that we've talked about um just going out for dessert because then we can still walk and get dessert and go out at night and uh you know later than like some of the coffee shops are open and stuff um and then the other thing is we have a really fun local brewery and we've taken like uh, board games and cards over there a couple of times and just hung out. And that's really fun and relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it doesn't cost nearly yeah. as much as if you're going out to eat. They don't serve food, so like you can bring your own food in. So most of the time we take animal crackers and uh, just, just chill. Just and, hang out. Yeah. So uh, there's plenty of options for ways that we can kind of get out. Because and- let's be honest, when we go out, number one thing we're looking for is just to get out of the house because we work <laughs> yeah. from home. We're home all day. We just want to get out. We want to walk around. Yep. And so we're just looking for more of that experience thing where we can totally just eat food here and then do something else, you know, or, or at least lessen our, uh, the way we're going out. So to kind of tie a bow on this third tip here. This might be a painful experience if this is the first time you're looking at your reports and you may go like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're spending that on Amazon. But 
over time, this shouldn't be a painful experience. It should be something that you're look, looking forward to do, looking forward to doing so that you can further optimize and use your money more towards what matters most. Yeah, I think once you get more comfortable with this process, it really does become game-like. Yeah, you it know, does. Like, it's all about having some strategy yep. to your life and the way you're using your money. Because, like, I mean, think about just earlier today, you and I were having a conversation about some ideas you've got for the office and then some ideas you've got for, like, the light on our front porch, mm-hmm. right? So you, you especially, I mean, me too, but you especially have, like, all these ideas for all the stuff that we want to do to the house. And sometimes it's like you can't even contain your energy because you got so many ideas yeah. about what we want to do. And then we look at our spending reports and we're like, oh, my gosh, like, we could use a lot more of this money on, I mean, yeah, we like doing some of these things, but look at all that money that we could throw at the house and accelerate some things or yeah. whatever. And again, like, once once we get the house to a spot where we're not in such disarray, you know, we'll reevaluate just yep. like we were talking about. And yep. we might decide that, hey, we do want to buy those kayaks now or, you know, whatever. But it is just that constant reassessment and thinking about, okay, what's my current, what are my current top priorities? Yes. And is how I'm using my money reflecting those? Yep. So the last thing that you're going to look at in this section with step number three is not necessarily just the hard data, right? The pie charts, the graphs that show you where your money's going. What you want to do next is actually compare what your plan is in your budgeting tool with your actual spending. So in YNAB, they call this a goal. In Mint, I think it's called, I forget what it's called in Mint, but but every single budgeting tool out there, you set a plan. You set like, oh, my, my goal is to do this much in eating out, this much in groceries, this much in bills, this much in whatever. Well, at some point, you actually need to compare. How are you actually doing with what you said you want to do? So in YNAB, it's very simple. You just compare your goal to your average spend. You can look at it on a per category basis. So what I like to do is once every three months, take half an hour to an hour, shouldn't take you that long, and just go through line by line, look at your categories and your budget, and just look and see what's our average spending compared with our goal. Now, luckily, Hannah and I have been doing this for how long have we been budgeting? Five, six years. We've been married for nearly seven so yeah probably yeah that should be right five ish so you know we have a lot of good data these days our stuff's pretty dialed in our goals and what we say we're going to do is really close to what we actually end up doing because we got a lot of data but things still change and we still have to assess this and so like just recently our cosmetics I've noticed have started creeping up a little bit. And so the question to ask yourself when you notice a discrepancy between your actual spending and your goal spending is, do I want to change my spending habits to get it more in line with what I said I want to do? Or do I want to change my goal to just embrace whatever it is I'm actually doing? Yeah, and in that particular instance, we decided that we were actually going to up our cosmetics goal a little bit. Yep. Because um, we've got like my skincare stuff and your beard stuff yeah, I've, I've, and it's not i think people listening probably think it's all you like doing all the cosmetic things but <laughs> i've certainly been uh a lot of it is me but, but i've been i've been increasing my my beard game <laughs> yeah you have been <laughs> trying to trying to take a little bit better care there yeah and again this really comes back down to what is your vision what are you working towards and is 
that spending phenomenon or whatever that you're noticing, is that aligned with your vision or not aligned? And that kind of helps you make that decision of, do I just want to embrace the fact that I'm spending more in this or do I want to try to change that spending habit? So if there's a, you know, one little sentence to tie this all together, it's remember we're not doing this just for fun. We're doing this (laughs) to try and make sure you're spending your money on what matters most to you. We're trying to make sure that you're spending your money on the things that you like. Ooh, I like that transition. Thank you. So what are we getting into now? The stuff we like. All right, Hannah, I'm letting you take this stuff we like today. This is all you. (laughs) Well, I have stumbled across this little website that's been very helpful. Yes, a little web. You may not know it. Yeah, it's Amazon. And is um, that like uh, like the river? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And anyways, we have had fantastic success on Amazon with a couple of things for the house. So we were buying a rug that we were looking at at a different website. We were buying some wallpaper and then also the outdoor like ceiling fixture that I wanted for like our little patio, you know, outside the front door. The light in particular was like, I found this light fixture that I loved and it was thirteen hundred dollars yeah and so i was like okay well you didn't even tell me about it we're just not gonna buy that that. we were not doing yeah so i started looking for for alternatives and of course amazon was like one of the places where i was looking and i just so happened to stumble across what appears to be the exact same light fixture for 250 (laughs) dollars like i'm sure it's different somehow but i mean it literally looks the same Yeah. And then um, our wallpaper, we saved $100 buying it from Amazon. And again, it's the same wallpaper. Same exact thing. Yep. Same measurement, same color, same all that stuff. Same brand, same company, everything. Yep. Because I had ordered a sample from like the official brand website or whatever. And then I was going to order it, all the wallpaper from there, but they were out of stock. So I just checked Amazon kind of as a last resort and Boom, saved us $100. It's like $52 tacos. <laughs> that's right. And that's how we measure things these days. We've been digging it. If you are trying to furnish a house, we've been having a lot of success on Amazon. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, because we know you've never experienced the magic of Amazon before. All right, you want to wrap this thing up? Do I? Yeah. Do you know my skills of summarizing? <laughs> I mean, they're almost as good as my data analysis. Your data but, analysis yeah. reports? All right, I'll do it. So three steps to utilize your reports. Step number one, you need to have a big picture vision. What do you want to do? What do you want your life to look like in the next one, three, five, ten years? Just some basic bullet points. Give yourself some direction. Step number two, what do you want to focus on for the next three months? Set one, maybe two, don't set a bunch of goals related to your money that you can hyper-focus on for the next three months. Then step three is go through your reports, look at the data, see where you're actually spending your money, compare it to what you said you wanted to do, and ask yourself, are we spending our money in a way that's going to help us achieve these goals that we've set, or is it keeping us from achieving these goals? That's it. At the end of the day, just remember, the budgeting stuff doesn't have to be this painful thing that you hate. We're just doing it to try and make sure you're using your money towards the things that matter the most to you. Hope that helps. As always, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.